Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Aquatic Wetline, a tropical fish-keeping podcast hosted by 23-year-old fish keeper, Aqua Alex Cardinal. For three years, we provided you with quality tropical fish information, and we'll continue providing some information on freshwater and saltwater tropical fish. Let's dive down deep into the aquarium and chat fish. Live from his fish room is Aqua Alex. Aquatic Wetline is now live. My aquariums are my life. The tropical fish keeping hobby is more than a hobby to me. It is a journey and a passion. I invite you to join me through my journey as a fish keeper live right here on my fish keeping podcast. Aquatic Wetline. I am a fish keeper here to share my journey with fish keepers. Fish keepers. It's time to rock on and rock the fish hobby. Enjoy the aquarium hobby and tank on. Be warned, aquatic wet line may cause you to get MTS or MSS, multiple king syndrome and fish syndrome. So please listen accordingly. Happy Friday, fish keepers. Welcome to a very special episode of the aquatic wet line. I'm your host, Alice Cardinelli, broadcasting live from my fish room right here in Springfield, Massachusetts. Tonight, I have a very special episode lined up for you. Fish keepers, are you ready for some controversy? What do I mean by that? I mean, are you ready for me to talk about some topics that almost every fish keeper has an opinion on and it's a topic that is brought up a lot by fish keepers. This is going to be a once or twice a month series with multiple episodes that will cover all of the popular controversial topics in the tropical fish keeping hobby. Now, the tropical fish keeping hobby is definitely a fun hobby to be in. Not only do you get to recreate a part of the Amazon River and other big rivers of the world, or a piece of the ocean in your living room, office, or bedroom, but you also get to experience the joy and ups and downs of raising tropical fish. This is a hobby that will definitely have its ups and downs. Every hobby has controversy, and there is a shit ton of controversy in the fish hobby. 
Aqua Alex over the next few months is going to break down some of the controversy in this hobby and discuss what he thinks is wrong with the fish keeping hobby. Granted, every single fish keeper has their own opinions on certain topics in the fish hobby, and rightfully so. But most of us, if not all of us, can agree on some of the topics that I'm going to be bringing up. Just a heads up, everything I say on today's show is my personal opinion and my personal beliefs, and in no way, no shape, or no form is meant to be offensive to anyone or anything. So please don't get offended. I just wanted to throw it out there. Most likely, it won't do nothing but make you agree or laugh at me, but I figured I'd put it out there. All right, here is what's planned for today's debut of Controversial Aquarium Topics. I'm going to talk about Walmart selling tropical fish. I will discuss the big elephant in the room, Walmart selling live fish. What the hell? Why? Oh, my God. I will discuss what I see wrong with it and why we fish keepers need to petition and make all Walmarts stop selling fish. Also, I will discuss pet shops like Petco and PetSmart, which are probably a little uh, step over uh, Walmart, as some of their people do actually know fish. But we'll talk about Petco and PetSmart as well. Now, I'll also talk about overstocking aquariums and the inch per gallon rule. One of the biggest pet peeves in the aquarium hobby is pet shop workers telling beginners that fish will grow to the size of their aquarium, a.k.a. the inch per gallon rule. This rule is no longer valid. Find out my thoughts on this and overstocking aquariums. I'm going to talk about saltwater fish being caught with controversial methods. Perhaps one of the most what-the-fuck WTF things about the tropical fish hobby is the way that saltwater fish are collected and in the process destroying coral reefs. I'm going to talk about monster fish being sold to unsuspecting hobbyists. I'll discuss why I believe certain monster fish don't belong in the aquarium hobby. I'll talk about hobbyists for homing of fish illegally, like dumping them into lakes and ponds in their area. And last but not least, I'll talk about the great feeder debate. I will discuss why feeder goldfish are not good food and everything related to feeders. I would like to invite you to call in at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. If you wish to share your thoughts on these controversial topics. Again, if you want to call in and share your thoughts on the controversial topics, please dial one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. So let's go ahead and get started. Are you ready? I'm going to start by talking about a topic that I've been wanting to talk about for quite a while, and now I finally have that chance. I'm going to start today's show off by talking about fish being sold at Walmart. First, I should say that I have been observing the local fish department 
at my Walmart for many years because I live literally two minutes from it. I have lived here for 12 years now, and I have seen many things happen in my local Walmart's fish department for 12 years. And that is pretty much going to be the basis of my discussion on the Walmart fish uh, department. Now, Walmart began selling fish in 2000s era. I can't remember the exact year off the top of my head right now. Um, I think it was probably either 2002 or 2003. And if I remember correctly, it was a nationwide thing, meaning that every store in the United States had a uh, fish department. Then it became a worldwide thing. East Walmart across the world had a fish department. Then within a year and a half, it was half of the United States as the worldwide Walmart stepped out of the fish department and got out of selling live fish. And half of the United States uh, Walmart stopped selling live fish. But then another half of the United States Walmart still sell fish, and they still do it to this day. Now, my mom used to work at Walmart years and years ago, so that's how I know that um, Walmart was starting to sell fish and stuff like that. Now, the typical fish that Walmart sells or sold is goldfish, koi, tetras, barbs, live bearers, plecos, corridors, catfish, pictish catfish, sharks like Arizona sharks and viola sharks, Puffers, silver dollars, pakus, oscars, parrot cichlids, and African cichlids. Now, the thought was good. All easy, hardy fish. However, in theory, they fail to realize that most likely no one in the store will know information on the fish. For example, we'll take the shark, for example, the Bela shark and the iridescent shark, they grow pretty big. The iridescent shark grows to be about three feet in length, or sometimes even bigger. The bela shark could get about 18 inches to two feet. So imagine if your brother or your sister or your aunt or your uncle or your friend walks into Walmart, is in awe at the fish at Walmart, buys a 10-gallon tank, and falls in love with the iridescent sharks and the bela sharks, buys like three or four of each shark and crams them in a 10-gallon tank, you know it's not going to be a pretty scene because, A, they're going to have a high ammonia spike, the fish are likely to die, and if they survive, the fish are going to outgrow that tank quickly, and they're going to get really huge, really fast, and possibly have stunted growth. So Walmart should have rethinked the strategy before entering the fish hobby and before starting to sell live fish. Because what's happening is all these people that work at Walmart are uneducated on tropical fish, and they don't have a clue what they're doing. So what you have is people that know nothing about fish buying all these fish, putting them in tank sizes that are probably too small for them, and killing them. This is all because Walmart did not do the right thing and hire an individual fish expert for each Walmart.
So I feel that once uh, the beginners who are misinformed in the hobby buy fish and the fish dies, they come back for more and more and more. They go back to Walmart to buy more fish because Walmart has cheap prices. But I feel that all these fish lives are wasted at Walmart. And you know what? Walmart makes money off the wasted lives of these fish. Only a few workers actually know about fish, and that's a huge few. I guarantee if you walk to your Walmart and they sell tropical fish, you're probably not going to find somebody that is experienced in the fish-keeping hobby. You might find a tropical fish-keeping customer looking at the fish food, but you're not going to find an employee, I guarantee you. Now, to add on top of things, only a few workers know how to bag most of the time. And by bag, I mean actually bag a fish for transport. Most of them don't even know how to bag fish, and the result is the fish dies on the way home. The fish won't survive the trip home because there is no oxygen in the bag. That's why some of the fish die before heading home at Walmart. So that's just one of the things that pisses me off about fish at Walmart. Now, here is something that pisses me off and a lot of other fish keepers as well. Dead fish or dying or diseased fish in each Walmart aquarium. I mean, I, I'd have to say over 50 times I have gone to a Walmart fish department and each tank had several dead fish, several dying fish, or several diseased fish laced with ick and velvet. Now, folks, let me say this. You know how rare velvet is in a freshwater aquarium? Velvet is caused by dirty water, lack of water changes, lack of oxygen, and very, very high ammonia aquarium water. It is very, very uh Dangerous to the fish for all those reasons. High ammonia, dirty water causes them to get sick and causes them to die, like what happens at Walmart. That is cruelty to the fish. It is awful how Walmart can sell fish after all the fish they get dies and they continue to order more. It's absolutely sickening and it makes me sick to my stomach. I mean, judging at the goldfish tank alone, there are thousands upon thousands of dead goldfish, probably in a month. Um, it really is absolutely sickening. And like I said, employees know jack shit about fish at Walmart, and they should not be selling live fish or any live animals for that matter. But luckily, thank God it's only live fish, but that's still not the point. Now, Walmart also gives out false information. You know, on those uh, fish care stickies or fish care notes on the aquarium, they've got a totally wrong size for the common pleco. No common pleco that I know of stays under 8 inches. They've got a totally wrong size for Oscars. No Oscar that I know stays under 8 inches. And they've got a totally wrong size for Pacus. No Pacus that I know of stay under a foot. So they're lying to their beginners that are buying fish 
at Walmart. Now, if you look at the 55-gallon aquarium kit that Walmart sells, you turn it over and you look at the uh, aquarium stocking suggestions, they suggest two to four Oscars, a Paku, and two Plecos, and a Pictus catfish. I mean, who comes up with that stocking level? That is not even a good stocking level for a 75 or a 90-gallon or, hell, even a 120-gallon aquarium. Who the hell in their right mind put that on a 55-gallon aquarium box? I mean, are you trying to set up fish keepers to fail? Are you trying to make beginners buy the tank, get those fish, fail, and come back and buy more? I think that is what Walmart's doing, not realizing that they're actually damaging the tropical fish industry and the pet industry by doing that. So, like I said, Walmart is a very horrendous start to people entering the aquarium hobby or even people in the aquarium hobby in general. Walmart is an awful place to purchase tropical fish. So, I guess if I had to wrap up my thoughts on Walmart fish and Walmart selling tropical fish, I would say cruel, cruel, cruel treatment of fish. Dirty water, diseases left and right, filthy conditions, packed aquariums, dead fish, wrong stocking. I can go on and on. And also, how can you kill bettas? Bettas are one of the most simplest fish to take care of. That goes to show you how well uh, Walmart takes care of their fish. So I say this. Stop buying fish from Walmart. I know a lot of you aquarists out there who buy fish from Walmart say, it's a rescue. I rescued this little fish. In reality, it is not a rescue. It sounds harsh, but the reality is that one fish you bought is making Walmart money, and they will bring more fish in because they are selling the fish that aquarists think are rescues. So the only good thing Walmart does for the fish hobby is sell tropical fish supplies at a reasonable price. So you can get a curry food, different brands of tropical fish foods. I know that the Walmart in Chicopee, which is about a half hour away from me, has uh, Omega-1 and some other high-end um, fish foods. And I'm sure that other Walmarts are across the nation are going to have uh, – different kind of fish foods as well. They also have cheap fish nets and cheap plants. So they have a lot of tropical fish accessories for sale, and that is beneficial to the aquarium hobby. But Walmart really needs to get out of the live fish department because they are causing more harm than good, and they are ruining the tropical fish hobby for people entering the aquarium hobby. Now, if anyone listening to this show has somebody that's interested in getting a fish tank and getting tropical fish, please relay my message to them. Don't let them buy fish from Walmart because the chances of them having healthy fish are very slim to none. So I would not suggest buying any live fish from Walmart. If you are somebody who is going to get a fish tank and you are a beginner, I personally would recommend that you go to Petco or PetSmart or 
uh, online fish stores like Live Aquaria or um, That Fish Place or even go to your local fish store, even if it's a drive, even if your local fish store is an hour or two away. You can trust your local fish store because there is knowledgeable owners and knowledgeable employees. I personally would put the tropical fish store at the very top of the list. And then, of course, I would go to an online fish store and speak to somebody that's running the online fish store. I, for a fact, know that Live Aquaria does hire a lot of people who have experience in fish keeping to answer their customers' questions. All right. So my final remarks on Walmart selling fish. Please boycott buying fish from Walmart. The less fish we buy, the greater the chance Walmart stops selling fish nationwide. I'm going to say that again. The less fish we buy, the greater the chance Walmart stops selling fish nationwide. Should I start a petition? Sure, why not? Would you mind if you guys signed my petition to have Walmart stop selling fish? Would you guys want to sign my petition to have Walmart stop selling fish? And when I say you guys, I mean the entire audience of the Aquatic Wetline. I will create one petition, and I will post it on my social media sites. I'll post it on my Aquatic Wetline Fish Keeping Podcast Facebook page. I'll post it in my fish group, Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline, and all over the Facebook fish groups. And you guys can definitely uh, uh, click on the link and sign the petition. Every sign helps. And I'm hoping and praying that uh, we'll get over a 1,000 signatures to prove to Walmart that what they're doing is evil, corrupt, and wrong. And that's just my opinion. But I'm definitely going to do the petition. I'm going to share it all over the Facebook fish groups and I'm going to have other fish keepers share it. So enough about Walmart. On to my next topic. I want to talk about Petco and PetSmart really quickly. I don't have anything really bad to say about these two places. I know that some people have controversial remarks about PetSmart and Petco, but I'll say this. Petco and PetSmart vary from location to location. Not all of them are bad. And not all of them are good because some Petco's and PetSmart's actually have somebody that is very knowledgeable in the fish department. I, for one, know that the PetSmart in Enfield is in good hands as there's a, uh, a well-liked fish keeper there and a knowledgeable fish keeper there. I also know that the PetSmart in Chicopee has a very good um, fish keeper who knows what he's doing. And I'm pretty sure that some of the PetSmarts and Petco's all across the country have somebody that is interested in the uh, fish hobby. Now, the only thing that I see the downfall for Petco and PetSmart is that they both use the same filtration systems. They use the same filtration system for their freshwater tank and their saltwater tank. Now, Petco is the only one that sells saltwater, to my knowledge, uh, but so the only different filtration systems that, that PECO has is one for saltwater, one for freshwater. That means that if any fish gets sick in their system, 
there's a possibility of cross-contamination and all the other fish that they're selling is when they get sick. So that means that you could buy a sick fish from Petco. However, the good news is that Petco and PetSmart usually sell a lot of fish, and they usually are sold out usually by the end of a, a weekend or by Tuesday of the next week. I know this because I have a friend that works at Petco. I have a friend that works at PetSmart, and I have a friend that works at Pet Supplies Plus. So their stock is constantly changing. So um, if a fish comes in sick, they quarantine it for a few days, and then they put it on sale. But like I said, and like every fish keeper says, it's on the fish keeper to quarantine fish. So if you're going to buy fish from Petco and PetSmart and Pet Supplies Plus, I must tell you, you have to quarantine your fish to avoid any uh, diseases entering your aquarium. Now, I would say you can buy fish from Petco and PetSmart. I'm not going to lie to you. I buy fish from Petco and PetSmart, and my Petco here on Boston Road in Springfield, Massachusetts, is pretty good. There's actually a pretty decent fish room. You know, in my recent two years of going there, I don't recall seeing a sick fish at all because there is a guy that is uh, relatively knowledgeable uh, in tropical fish there, and they even have some rarer stuff now and then. I've seen some managuent cichlids. I've seen flower horns, different kinds of parrots. I even saw at uh, one point a couple of years ago a viaja cynosbillium there, and their saltwater section is phenomenal. They've got all a collection of tangs, and which, by the way, I have to say, these tangs are absolutely healthy. They had a gorgeous-looking yellow tangs, gorgeous scopus tangs, gorgeous sealfin tangs, and a lot of healthy saltwater fish. And as saltwater fish keepers know, saltwater fish at Petco, or any store really, can be hit or miss. And that's a big part of our our next our third topic for tonight, but I'm going to say that Petco has good tangs up here in Springfield, Massachusetts. I actually got a nice sealfin tang from my local Petco. So, yes, I would say that it is safe to buy fish from Petco and PetSmart, but first you must observe the fish, make sure it is active, make sure it has a nice stomach, and make sure that it is swimming around well. Now, obviously, if it's a catfish or a Petco, it should be hiding, but it should have big stomachs. There should be no fish that is really thin, that you can see its bones, and there should be no fish that have bulging eyes. Because if there are fish like that, they have internal parasites, and you don't want them. All right. So let's move on to my next topic now, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So... Now I'm going to talk about overstocking and the inch per gallon rule. Fish keepers, how many of you remember back in the, uh, let's say, mid-90s to late-90s to early 2000s, and even before my time, when a fish store employee or somebody in the fish keeping hobby would tell you, Oh, a fish is only going to grow to the size of the aquarium it's in. It's an inch per gallon. No, there is no inch per gallon rule. No fish will grow to the size of their aquarium. 
because fish will continue to grow until they take up the space and they can no longer swim. So they get stunted and they die. As they get stunted, their bones and their organs shrink, shrink and they're, no, they're not able to perform bodily functions anymore. So they stunt and they die. So that is why you see a lot of fish stunted or ugly looking in the aquarium hobby. If you ever go to your local fish store that accepts trade-ins and they have these weird-shaped Oscars or these weird-shaped Jack Dempsey's or any weird-shaped large fish, it's 99.999% likely that the reason that fish is like that is because it was kept in a small tank, grew too big for it, and then got stunted. I hate seeing that. It's one of my biggest pet peeves in the aquarium hobby. So just to, to remind all of the beginners and all the fish keepers out there, there is no such thing as an inch per gallon rule. Now, if you have a 10-gallon aquarium, you don't want any more than about 15 fish. Now, you could have like a school of five neon tetras, um, maybe five rummy nose tetras, and a couple of corridors. With good filtration and good water changes, you could be good to go. That's just an example, though. Really, it depends on what fish you're interested in and what your water change schedule is going to be. And that is very important when it comes to overstocking an aquarium. And that's what we're going to talk about right now, live here on Aquatic Wetline. Now, I've had a lot of people condemn me on my YouTube channel because they think that both of my tanks, which is a saltwater and a freshwater aquarium, are overstocked. Now, do I personally think my tanks are overstocked? Well, I don't think so because it's the way I keep fish. But to somebody else, they may think that it's overstocked. But for me, it's the way I've kept fish, and I've been doing it for years. So I personally don't see a problem with the way my tanks are because my tanks are over-filtered, and I do constant water changes. I do two or three water changes a week on my saltwater aquarium and about three to four a week on my freshwater aquarium. Now, when I do all these water changes, what that does is it gets rid of the ammonia and any decaying waste in the aquarium water, and then I add prime to the aquarium. Now, what's prime, you ask? Well, prime is actually a good water conditioner. It'll remove any night rites that are in your aquarium or any... Uh, bad ammonia in your aquarium. So I always do water changes. Now, generally, um, when I overstock an aquarium, it is not for a long extended period of time. It generally is only for about five to six months, and then I usually upgrade. And that's, that's the plan with my uh, freshwater aquarium because I couldn't afford a 90-gallon aquarium or a 120-gallon aquarium at that time but I'm going to be able to afford one later on in the year, so I'll be able to upgrade to a larger aquarium. Now, I'm not talking about having fish jammed in an aquarium where they're unable to turn around. I'm not talking about that kind of overstock. I never do that, but I have probably in my 55-gallon saltwater, I've got a dog face puffer, I've got a manila puffer, I've got a seal fin tang, 
a fox face in a gold shrimp maroon. See, not that many fish, but three or four of those fish get pretty big. The puffers get big, the fox face gets pretty big, and the ting gets pretty big. But of course, I'm going to be upgrading. Now, in my freshwater aquarium, I've got an Oscar, I've got a Red Devil, I've got a Man of Gwent, I've got a Green Terror, I've got some Parrot Cichlids. They all are going to need a large aquarium, too, and they're currently in a 75-gallon aquarium, and they'll be getting a larger aquarium as well. So that is what I mean by overstocking. I don't mean that I get 100 fish and cram them in aquariums. I mean that I have fish that are going to grow large for the aquarium, but I have the plans to upgrade. Now, I know there are people out there in the tropical fish hobby that always say that, but never do it for some reason. And I used to be one of those people in my teenage years, sad to say, but I'm glad that is no longer the case, and I'm able to buy whatever size fish tank I want now and um, enjoy the fish hobby. But if you know that you can get a larger tank and you know that you are going to be able to upgrade, then you can have the fish that you want in a tank for relatively up to six to seven months. You don't want to go a year because some fish can grow large quite quickly. Now, here is the tips for keeping large growing fish in a medium-sized tank. I would not keep anything that gets large in a 29-gallon aquarium or a 40-gallon tank. I'd start with a 55-gallon. Here's the tips. Over-filter the hell out of the aquarium. Make sure that you have triple the amount of filtration needed for that aquarium. So you're going to want about 200 gallons for a 55-gallon aquarium, and you're going to want to do three to four water changes a week on that aquarium, and you should be good to go. You're going to want to change filter pads very often, and you're going to want to make sure the water is very clean a lot because some of these fish that get big uh, produce a lot of waste and they grow a lot. So, for example, if you want an Oscar and a Severum and a Jack Dempsey and some silver dollars and you put them in a 55-gallon tank, make sure your tank is cycled, make sure that you have over filtration, like I said, and make sure that you do three to four water changes a week, and you should be good to go. And as I said, make sure that you're going to be upgrading to a relatively larger tank within the next five or six months. Do not wait a year because larger growing species of fish may be really huge by the time um, by the time the fish grow, I guess you can say. Lost my train of thought there. So that is uh, basically how I overstock, and that's my tip for you. If you guys would like to uh, overstock your tank with fish to get large, now let's talk about the other definition of overstocking an aquarium, and that is when you stock your tank full of fish that they have nowhere to turn around, and they have no room to swim. That is something that. I absolutely can't stand in the aquarium hobby. I would never, ever recommend doing that. Why? Because the fish are going to get sick. 
The fish are not going to eat right, and they're going to die. So never, ever stock a fish tank where there's no room for the fish to swim. And realize the more decorations you add to an aquarium, the less swimming room is available for the fish. So always keep that in mind when you're going to stock an aquarium. All right. That's my thoughts on overstocking and my thoughts on the inch per gallon rule. We'll talk about the third method now. And this is the third method that we're going to talk about before our quick intermission. Saltwater fish being caught by dangerous methods. Up to 90% of saltwater aquarium fish imported to the United States of America are caught using cyanide. A full 98%, yes, almost all species of saltwater fish currently can't be bred in captivity on a commercial scale. They must instead be taken from ocean reefs. And how is that done? Most of the time with sodium cyanide. Sodium cyanide is a highly toxic chemical compound that many fish collectors in the Philippines, Sri Lanka, and Indonesia, the largest exporters of tropical fish, crush and dissolve in squirt bottles to spray on the fish and the reef and all the other marine life in the vicinity. Stunned, the target fish can then easily be scooped up. Up to 90% of the 11 million tropical fish that enter the U.S. each year are caught illegally with cyanide. Where do tropical fish in saltwater aquariums come from? They're almost exclusively taken from the reefs of Southeast Asia to Fuiji to Kenya to Hawaii. There are about 1,800 species of marine aquarium fish in the trade, and breeders have only managed to successfully raise a few of these, including several types of clownfish, blennies, and gobies, and at one point, dragonettes. I'm not sure if there are still captive-bred uh, dragonettes, but most of the captive-bred fish and corals is from a company called ORA. Oceans, Reefs, Aquaculture. Yes, it is illegal to catch fish with cyanide. The Philippines, Sri Lanka, and Indonesia have all banned cyanide fishing, according to the Center for Biological Diversity. Yet, it still happens on a larger scale. Enforcement just isn't strong enough. In the Philippines, Private planes allegedly bring in cyanide to the fishermen and then whisk away the live fish, the World Wildlife Fund reported. Upon being escorted with cyanide, fish suffer severe gasping, followed by loss of balance and the complete loss of all respiratory activity. Some fish get too much exposure and simply die then and there. Many more die in transit. Others may hang on until they're in, un in an unsuspecting aquarium orders tank and then give out. The name of the game for those in the trade is sell the fish as quickly as possible because then you're passing the risk on to the next buyer. And that's why I said saltwater fish 
most of the time are hit or miss because you never know when the saltwater fish you have in your aquarium has been caught with cyadine and what style your fish has been caught with. Some best fish companies, uh, fish wholesalers and fish stores, quarantine their fish, but you're never going to be able to get uh, to get uh, um, cyanide out of the fish. I don't know why I forgot that. I was just talking about it. It's weird that my brain has brain farts sometimes. But anyway, um, it's been showing that blue hippotanes and certain species of damsels, damsels have been re- researched, and they have been found to have cyanide still in their bodies. So that's why I say it's a hit and miss with most saltwater fish, except for when you buy um, ORA fish or captive bred fish. Now, what does cyanide do to the rest of the marine life? Cyanide that doesn't kill a fish temporarily impairs its ability to swim and breathe. Then there's the coral. Each live fish caught with cyanide destroys about a square yard of coral, according to biologist Sam Mamag of the International Marine Life Alliance in the Philippines. Even in lower doses, cyanide can cause coral bleaching and mess with the coral's biology. Sometimes the coral is killed outright. Once the coral's dead, the entire ecosystem collapses. Without coral, reef fish, crustaceans, plants, and other animals no longer have food, shelter, and breeding grounds. The effects ripple up the food chain, affecting thousands of species, us included. So, if you want saltwater fish, make sure you check out ORA.com. Live Aquaria sells ORA, and I'm sure your local fish store can sell ORA fish. There are now captive bred hippo tangs, and there are now captive bred yellow tangs, and there are also captive bred coral beauty and flame angelfish available in the hobby. Because I just saw my local fish store advertise for captive bred hippo tangs and captive bred yellow tangs and coral beauty and flame angels. However, these captive bred tangs and angelfish are relatively new to the aquarium hobby, so they're going to be really high-priced, but the chances for survival are almost guaranteed 100%, and they're going to be a lot easier to take care of than a fish that was caught from the ocean straight from the wild. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and take a short intermission here to rest my voice and get ready for my next few topics. Coming up next after the intermission, I am going to talk about monster fish being sold in the aquarium hobby. I'm going to talk about tropical fish hobbyists rehoming fish illegally. And I'm going to talk about feeder fish and the feeder fish debate. So don't go anywhere, folks. During this intermission, you're going to hear a song from Dan Olson and also a rap song made by Black Flag. 
And I know what you're thinking. You're probably saying, why is there music on a fish show? Well, as much as I love to support Tropical Fish Keepers, I also love music, and I love supporting musicians and -and up-and-coming music artists. So I personally think you're going to enjoy the music. So let's play the music in our intermission, and we're back with more right after this. Don't go anywhere. We're back in the square. This love I have for you Is like a burning flame That won't be satisfied Till I see you again It's brighter every day With sweet anticipation Believe me when I say It's not infatuation Oh, oh no Love you so You'll never know How much I Love you so Your love is like a candle That's left out in the rain It will not be but out It flickers up again Water up a duck's back You cannot send this love back It always will be there If only you were dead You'll never know How much I love you so You'll never know How much I Love you so Don't throw this love away Or you'll miss me one day I'll call you on the phone When I know you're alone Your love is captivating But I'm so tired of waiting Why can't I take you home? Is your heart made of stone? I love you so You'll never know How much I Love you so You'll never know How much I Love you so You'll never know much I love you so you are now entering the zone category other baby black flag yeah. 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 
rebuke Bob get do Don't blow my high Just do what we do Black, black, black gang We about that man Now they pussy little nigga Won't try to call truth Like, like I'm just gonna stop Boy, I ain't got no quit Like, like, like a broke down toilet I'm always in some shit Rolled up in that old school Rolled around in Cadillac If it wasn't about paper Then we don't want no parts of that Young, rich, and famous At least that's what we trying to be Now these haters eyeing me I know I'm what they down to be
March 2017 is going to be an epic month for the Aquatic Threatline because we will be the very first fish-keeping podcast to debut not one, but two awesome fish-keeping shows. First up, we have the Aquatic Wetline Hall of Fame. This is going to be a show where I induct some legendary fish keepers into my Hall of Fame. These fish keepers have left an impact on the aquarium hobby. March 15, 2017, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific. The very first inductee into the Aquatic Wetline Hall of Fame is the great Corridors breeder, Lynn Massey. Lynn Massey will take her place into the Aquatic Wetline Hall of Fame on March 15th. Also coming to the Aquatic Wetline on March 25th, 2017, at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, 7 Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific Time, is Aquarium Throwdown, the very first tropical fishkeeping podcast trivia game. Who will be the contestants? What prize will there be? Who will win the prize? Find out as Aquarium Throwdown debuts March 25th. So, now's the time to become a loyal listener of Aquatic Wetline. We'll see ya in March with some awesome shows right here on Aquatic Wetline. Woo! Hey, listeners of Aquatic Wetline. Be sure to join your Facebook group called Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetlines. On this group, you can post pictures and videos of your tropical fish. You can ask tropical fish keeping questions and do anything you want tropical fish keeping hobby related. This is your group. And starting on Sundays, At 12 noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific, I, Aqua Alex, am going to do a Facebook Live video right on Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline Facebook group starting the first Sunday of February. So log on to Facebook and search for Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline and hit join.
Yeah, this is the Aquatic Wetline, a tropical fish-keeping show brought to you by Aqua Alex in Springfield, Massachusetts. Let's get back to the tropical fish chat right now. <laughs> Welcome back to the Aquatic Wetline. I'm your host, Aqua Alex. Cardinelli, and on this fine Friday evening, we have been talking about controversial fish topics. Now, if you are just tuning into the show, you missed my talk on Walmart selling fish, you missed my talk on the inch per gallon rule, and you missed my talk on the controversial way that saltwater fish are caught. However, don't worry, you can listen to the first half of the show when the show archives. So about a half hour after the show is done, simply go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash aquatic wetline, or you can do the show tomorrow and enjoy the first half. Coming up right now here on the second half of the show, I'm going to talk about monster fish such as arowanas, pakus, red-tailed cats, and why they don't belong in the aquarium hobby. I'm also going to talk about illegally rehoming fish. And finally, I'll talk about the great feeder debate. Live, right here, right now, is the second half of this show. Okay, I'm back. I'm sorry about that. I had to use the bathroom. I'm only human, as you know. So let's get back right into it, and we're going to go ahead and talk about some uh, controversial aquarium topics. Now we're going to talk about the final three controversial aquarium topics, and I hope you guys are ready for these ones, and I hope you guys enjoyed the first controversial aquarium topics that I talked about tonight. So, I want to talk about now monster fish being sold in the aquarium hobby. You know, fish like red tail cats, clown knives, pakus, arowanas, armapuma, tiger shovelnose, iridescent shark, etc. All of these fish get relatively large and they get relatively huge. All right? I'm talking they get really, really big. Because um, they are monster fish. In the wild, all these fish can exceed two to three feet, or sometimes even four feet. And the local fish stores are bringing them in because they're a common seller. 
And a lot of people, especially in their teenage years, in their 20s and 30s, they love the attitude fish. They love the fish with an attitude, and they love their monster fish. However, what these people don't feel to realize is that these fish are going to grow huge. They're going to need a huge aquarium. They're going to need probably a tank like a 300-gallon size, 600 to even a 1,000-gallon aquarium. Uh, a red-tailed catfish, for example, he needs an 1,000-gallon aquarium because he gets large, very, very, very large. All right? So make sure that when you um, are thinking about getting a monster fish, stop and think to yourself, can I adequately provide a home for these monster fish? Can I provide a home for a red-tailed cat knowing that it's going to get up to four feet? And the reality is not everyone is going to be able to afford a 500-gallon aquarium or a 1,000-gallon aquarium. I mean, it really, really uh, is it really is such uh, a shame that the fish stores sell these large fish. Now, if, if I had the power to change the fish hobby, what I would do with these monster fish is I'd require a person to have a permit, number one, and then number two, I'd make it legally required for the seller of the fish to have to go to the person's house to see the aquarium firsthand to make sure that it is a tank big enough to um, accommodate the fish for life. So it's very important to me that that's what happens. And I think these fish should be banned. Um, but in all reality, they're probably not going to be. But that's just my personal thoughts. So if you are a person that likes attitude and you like aggressive monster fish, there are smaller monsters out there for you to have. There's Oscars, there's Jack Dempsey's, there's Red Devils, there's Mana Gwent's, there's Dovi, um, there's some Cherisons that are aggressive, like Piranhas, there are um, some uh, wolffish that stay small, like the Red Wolffish. So there's different varieties of predators that don't get three or four feet. You just have to do your research on them. That's all it is, folks, is research. All right, my next topic is hobbyist rehoming fish illegally. Now, when a fish outgrows a person's aquarium, what do they do with that fish? Well, there are usually three ways a beginner or someone who is uneducated rehomes fish. A, they either throw the fish in the trash, which is very uh, cruel and very, very rotten. I never, ever do that. I think it's very cruel and a very sick act to do that. Or they either put the fish in a bucket and they bring it to a fish store and they leave it on a doorstep. Believe it or not, it is true. Oh, it is very damn true. Um, because I've seen a number of Facebook posts from a local fish store saying how somebody has dropped off fish, and they're too afraid to go in and uh, say, here's this fish for you. 
And I don't know why they do that. Um, maybe it's because they're scared to do it or, or they don't have the guts to do it or something, but that's what they do. Or third, and the most dangerous of all, and this is one that is 99.9%, the one that is chosen, the person will dump the fish into a lake, a river, or a pond in their state. And that has severe consequences for us in the United States of America because these fish that are not natural to the United States of America are going to eat all of the native species. They're going to take up all the native species habitats, and they're going to breed and possibly bring any unwanted diseases to the lakes, ponds, and rivers of the United States of America. For example, snakeheads were banned because people released thousands of snakeheads, and they were overtaking the United States of America. And people are still catching snakeheads to this day. And pakus and piranhas are being caught now because people release them as pets. Let's look at Florida, for example. Florida has a whole abundance of cichlids that were thrown into the Florida lakes and ponds from fish keepers. Not entirely fish keepers' fault, though. Some of these fish were brought in from fish farms uh, because, as we know, Florida is home to several uh, tropical fish wholesalers and also um, there was another reason, but I don't remember it off the top of my head, but I am planning on doing a show for this, so this is why I, I am thinking of it. Um, there are many species of fish, of cichlids in Florida that are invasive species. Oscars, red devils, Jack Dempsey's, Manigwents, clown knives, plecos, pike cichlids, peacock bass, and many, many more. So it just goes to show you that if you let a fish out into the wild where it doesn't belong, it could overpopulate like in Florida. And also in Florida, as my friend Lynn Maffney tells me, there is a lot of ball pythons and anacondas out there because people release them. And anacondas and pythons are more dangerous than fish. But the philosophy is still the same. So it's very, very stupid to do it that way. All right, my final topic for the evening is going to be on feeder goldfish. You know, I see a lot of people with monster fish such as Oscars and larger freshwater fish and lionfish feeding their fish goldfish, thinking it's very beneficial to their monster fish. However, that is false. Goldfish have no nutritional balance or no nutritional diet to your fish. They have nothing nutritional to offer your fish. All they are is fatty acids, and that fatty acid can clog your fish's arteries and cause your fish to have a slow, painful death. And get diseases. If it doesn't die, it'll get diseases. It'll get the hole in head disease like Oscars and most cichlids get, and it will live a shorter life. So do yourselves a favor and don't feed feeder goldfish. You'll be thankful in the long run. Trust me. Now, 
Feeder goldfish also are ick carriers. They're a very diseased fish, and I'm pretty sure if I had a high-quality fish, I wouldn't want to risk the chance of introducing disease into my aquarium. So, if you are going to feed live fish, I would do feeder guppies, feeder mollies, platies, or anything small that is eating tropical fish food that has a good diet and also is healthy. So that way, your fish is eating healthy food and also isn't getting sick. All right? So, that is all of our topics for today's show. On the next episode of Controversial Fish Topics, here on Aquatic Wetline, I'm going to talk about a controversial topic that every fish keeper talks about, and that is hybrid fish. I'm also going to talk about bettas and goldfish being kept in a fish bowl. Plus, I'll talk about buying fish online and why some people are afraid of buying fish online. And lastly, I'll talk about buying fish from complete strangers and the dangers of buying fish from Craigslist. So we'll see you in February for the next episode of Controversial Fish Topic. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that is our wrap. That is today's show. I hope you enjoyed the debut of uh, Controversial Fish Topics. And next month, I can't wait to talk about more controversial fish topics with you here on Aquatic Wetline. I'm getting ready to wrap up the show, but I've got one more final message on an upcoming episode of the Aquatic Wetline. On the next episode of the Aquatic Wetline, tomorrow, Saturday, January 27th, at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific. It's January 2017, Fish Room Live. I've got a very action-packed Saturday show for you tomorrow. On this episode of Fish Room Live tomorrow, I'm going to discuss my fish room plans for the month. I'm going to talk about freshwater and saltwater venomous fish. I'm going to talk about puppy dog-like fish that have dog-like characteristics. And for the freshwater spotlight, I'm going to talk about the best semi-aggressive fish for a community aquarium. And for the saltwater spotlight, reef-chased puffer fish. And I'll also talk about puffers and triggers and why every fish only with wide rock tank needs one. All that and much more live tomorrow on Fish Room Live right here on Aquatic. Alright, so tomorrow's episode, just as a FYI, is our 375th episode, which means we're going to be 15 episodes away from our historic 400th episode. Anyway, I would like to remind you to check out my Facebook group, 
Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline. Again, check out my Tropical uh, Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline Facebook group and join it. And also like my Facebook page, Aquatic Wetline Tropical Fish Keeping Podcast. And that is going to do it for us tonight here on Aquatic Wetline. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Aquatic Wetline. Please make sure to tell your friends about today's show if you enjoyed it. You can share today's show on social media by clicking copy and paste and paste it on your Facebook or your Twitter or whatever social media account you are using. Thank you very much for your listen, and I will see you next time on the Aquatic Wetline or as the crazy incomparable Alex Trevignelli would say on the Ace Network, I'll see you when I see you. This episode of the Aquatic Wetline has concluded. Aqua Alex thanks you for listening to his show. Please check out Aquatic Wetline Fishkeeping Podcast on Facebook and hit like for tropical fish facts and more. Feel free to reach Aqua Alex at AquaticWetline at Outlook.com with any tropical fish questions. Your questions may make the show. Good night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.